Welcome to Swimming Upstream, the 10-minute podcast about Catholicism, technology, culture, baseball, whatever else might come up. I'm your host, Eric Sammons. This is episode number 31. On today's episode, I'm going to be discussing the 10th anniversary, the 10-year anniversary of Pope Benedict's motu proprio sumorum pontificum. And before I even continue, I just want to say that I am terrible at saying, pronouncing Latin terms and names, so I probably messed that up, but I gave it my best shot. Anyway, uh, I'm recording this on September 14, 2017, and 10 years ago today, Pope Benedict's uh, motu proprio, which basically liberalized the uh, use of the Latin mass, went into effect. It was actually released in July 2007, but on September 14, 2017, is when it went into effect. And basically, the gist of it was that any priest, for any reason, could say the traditional Latin Mass. He did not need the permission of his bishop or superior to do that. He could publicly celebrate it. Uh, After the changes to the Mass that happened around 1970, this wasn't really possible. There's some controversy over whether or not it was allowed or not, but the, the, the effect was it was not allowed. There, you needed special permission in order to celebrate the Latin Mass, and in a few places that special permission had been given. Really, though, after the changes, after Vatican II, the changes that were made in the Mass, uh, the Latin Mass was basically kept alive by the Society of St. Pius X. Archbishop Lefebvre, Lefebvre, again, I can't pronounce names, so sue me. Uh, He basically is who kept it alive through the Society of St. Pius X, and I won't go into that, but of course they broke away at one point, and and they're not really in full communion with the church right now, although that's controversial as well. But a number of other orders who are in full, undisputed full communion with the church, like the Fraternity of St. Peter and some others, they were able to celebrate it. But Pope Benedict wanted the celebration of the traditional Latin Mass to be more widespread. He felt that there was a need for that. And so what he did was he basically established two forms for one rite. What do I mean by that? Every, the, the church has many rites, the way it celebrates the liturgy, the way it celebrates the Mass. So, for example, there's the Eastern rites. So, for example, the Melkite rite or the, um, something like that. Uh, that's a, the, a way that you celebrate the liturgy. Most Roman Catholics, most Catholics celebrate under the Latin rite, which is what, you know, in America, that's almost every Catholic celebrates it in the Latin rite. But what he did is he separated the Latin rite into two forms, what he called the ordinary form and the extraordinary form. The ordinary form is what we've been celebrating since the changes in, around, that were instituted in around 1970. The extraordinary form would be basically the traditional Latin Mass under uh, the, the 1962, I think, is the year it was established, the, the one that we're using now for traditional Latin Mass. And so anyway, he said there would be the ordinary form and the extraordinary form. Now, and by the names, he's basically saying ordinarily people will celebrate the new, the new Mass, and Noah's Ordo is another word for it, um, but that they could celebrate the extraordinary form, the traditional Latin Mass. When this first came out, it was a big deal, a lot of excitement about it, and there was a lot of people hoping that that would make the traditional Latin Mass spread throughout the church and have a good influence. And the truth is it has spread since then. There's no question that it's more regularly available than it was before the Motu Proprio came out. But at the same time, it has to be said, there's no doubt that there's the, after the initial excitement, uh, that 
enthusiasm has died down. And it's, in fact, I would say it's probably going backwards under Pope Francis. Pope Francis has not, liturgically, he has not made any indication he's very supportive of the Latin Mass. In fact, he said some things that seemed to, to denigrate it and seemed to say that he's very much in favor of the new Mass. And but not just Pope Francis. In practice, it's very, I know this for a fact in, in, in experience, it's very difficult for a priest to actually say the traditional Latin Mass. Of course, there's the training that needs to be had, but also just the culture of most dioceses don't allow it. If a young priest said, hey, because it's usually young priests who want to do this, said, I want to celebrate the traditional Latin Mass, it would be frowned upon. It might not be explicitly banned, but he would have a hard time with uh, just the politics of the diocese and his parish because he'd probably get complaints uh, to the bishop. The bishop would probably, you know, figure out ways to, get, to, to discourage him from doing that. And so realistically, it's not really true that any priest can celebrate the traditional Latin Mass publicly whenever he wants to because he's going to be shunned. He might even be demoted, so to speak, sent off somewhere else, maybe sent to like be a hospital chaplain somewhere out in the boonies. Um, so anyway, that, that, and I think that's unfortunate. Now, now I've kind of given a review of it. What do I really think about all this myself? I am not actually, and this might surprise some people listening to this podcast, I'm not a traditional Latin mass guy, like a guy who thinks that's the only way the mass should be celebrated, that that's the, uh, perfect form of the liturgy. In fact, personally, I, I love the Eastern, right? The, there was a Melkite church I went to when I lived around DC that I, I love their liturgy. It's probably my favorite liturgy I've ever attended. But at the same time, over the years, I've come to appreciate much more than I used to. In fact, for five years when I lived in Florida, I went to a uh, fraternity of St. Peter Parish, which celebrated only in the old rite. And I started to realize it was, it is beautiful, and it has so many advantages over the, the new rite, the ordinary form. And you don't really see that at first. In fact, my first experience of the traditional Latin Mass was not very uplifting. I didn't even realize the priest had started it was like 10 minutes into it, and I didn't even realize we were already, Mass had already started. But over time, this is really something, it's, it's like something that grows on you. And it did come to grow on me because I realized how beautiful it was and how important it was. Now, however, I live in Cincinnati, and I, the, the, the liturgy I typically attend on Sunday morning is, a, is an ordinary form, but it's very heavily influenced by the extraordinary form. The Mass is basically said in Latin. The priest is ad orientum, meaning he faces the altar, he faces God when he's celebrating, not the people. Um, we have an altar rail. We receive, uh, everybody receives on the tongue, uh, all altar boys. The music is beautiful, sacred music. So it's kind of admittedly a hybrid, and I, and I, I enjoy that great. Now, I will say, I would have no problem if for some miracle the church decided we're going to go back to the extraordinary form, and that's going to be the only Mass that's going to be celebrated. I would be ecstatic. Because the fact of the matter is, the Mass as it's celebrated today in most places is not reverent. It's not, um, it doesn't really glorify God. It's very focused on this world. It's very uh, horizontally focused, not vertically focused, I guess is the best way to put it. And I think that has a dramatic impact on the church. I really do believe in the saying, how we, uh, lex orendi, lex credende, how we worship and how we pray is how we believe. And I think the fact that we've had almost 50 years now of a very irreverently celebrated mass has had a huge impact on the church. 
on how we look at God, how we look at each other, how we look at sin, how we look at morality, evangelization. I mean, literally, there's no aspect of the church and of the faith that hasn't been impacted by the fact that the Mass has changed so radically. So I wouldn't have a problem if we went back to the old Mass. Now, that's not to say I don't think it couldn't be reformed. I think there's certain things I would love in the traditional Mass if you had the readings in the vernacular, the, the Scripture readings, that is. Um, I don't. I understand why you say the prayers of the Mass in Latin, especially the Eucharistic prayer, which is said to God. But the readings are intended to be proclaimed to the people. So I wouldn't have a problem with those in the vernacular, and I would prefer that, in fact. Also, I like the reading cycle in general, the scripture reading cycle of the ordinary form better than the extraordinary form. I think it's more rich. It goes more deeply into the scriptures. It portrays salvation history better. So I think that would be a great improvement as well. I do understand, though, right now is not the time to fiddle with the traditional Latin Mass and to change it. That's that's not what we want to do at this point. We would have to establish traditional Latin Mass for a lot longer as an ordinary way of celebrating the Mass, uh, the liturgy, before we would want to do anything of that nature. Um, but, so my, I guess my point is, is that I think we've lost something very great when we lost the, the practice of the Latin Mass in the church. And I don't think unless you attend the Latin Mass regularly, I don't think you really recognize that. I know myself, I was Catholic for about 15, 18 years before I really started regularly attending a Latin Mass. And I didn't get it before that. I didn't think it was that big a deal. But I do think now, now that I've seen it in practice and see the impact it has, I do think it's a big deal. And so although I prefer, I, I love the Mass I go to, which is ordinary form, um, I think it would be a, a big step forward if the church uh, went back, so to speak, to the Latin Mass. I don't think that's going to happen. Don't get me wrong, especially not under this pope. I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. And I would be content if it was just a, if we did a radical reform of the ordinary form. But either way, um, you know, it, something has to change. We, we're losing members. Uh, that, that What we teach is so different than we, what we used to. That we're almost turning into a, morphing into a different religion. And I do think the celebration of the Mass is a major factor in that. I think there's other factors, but I think that's a ma probably the major factor in a lot of the, 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 the decline of the Catholic Church in the Western world. Okay, well, that's it for today's episode. If you like what you're hearing in this podcast, please tell others about it. Share it with others. Also, please rate and review on iTunes. That really helps me for other people to find it. Um, but until next time, keep swimming against the stream.